Thanks for checking out the Candeo podcast. To learn more about us, visit us at candeochurch.com. Awesome. Well, good morning, church. As always, it's great to be with you. Now, this morning, we are opening to the book of Proverbs for the last time this summer. Next week, we'll jump back into John. And uh, you all get to witness kind of a great moment in comedic history. And I don't know who to give credit to, if it's Jake or Jesus on this, because Jake puts together a teaching schedule, but I think Jesus ultimately. Uh, But today, I'm teaching on patience. Now, if you don't know me, I'm not a very patient person, unless I have a Coke in my hand and I'm sitting on a beach or next to a fire, I'm not a patient person. In fact, one of the things that like when people ask me, they'll say, hey, what's your love language? Maybe you've heard of the book, The Five Love Languages, and they'll ask, you know, is your love language quality time or physical touch or words of affirmation or other things? I always say very simply, efficiency. Now, if we want love language, let's just get this done. Go a little quicker. Now, guys, I can sit up here and we can laugh all day long about my quirks. I have a lot of isms when it comes to like my impatient quirks. Um, But I just wanna be raw for a moment. Guys, as we enter into this arena this morning and dive into this topic, there is no area of my life of which I am more ashamed than my impatience and how that plays out. Like as we dive into these words, like when it comes to the area of impatience, this is my greatest sin. I'll just invite you into our weekend as a family last weekend. I know what it is about like packing for little road trips that brings out the absolute worst in me because I am a master at Tetris and I can get things in a van, but Nothing is ever done good enough. I'm that dad that is like rummaging through everybody's bags before it goes in the van, be like, why are we taking this? What is going on here? And and constantly belittling my my kids because they're not moving fast enough or they're saying things that are annoying or they're just doing things in general. That's like, why would a person ever want to do that? And for my wife, she can never live up to my expectations and what I would like at that time. For the first 30 minutes of our drive to Pella last weekend as we were headed out of town for a football tournament, guys, no one said anything because I had just created such a tense moment and taken all the fun out of a simple little trip. And there's more things. I mean, like, like that, the whole day was just like a series of small but significant steps. I don't know like which one of those to pull out, but probably one of the moments that was like most memorable for us was that we, when we got to town, the first thing we did was let's just get to the hotel and I just wanna get the kids in the pool as soon as possible. And in my mind somewhere and I'm like, and, and I need to get these notes done for the elders because they wanna see like, what am I thinking about sharing when it comes to patience? And so I set up shop next to the, the pool and I'm trying to like do a few things at once and I'm sitting there and kids are super loud. You know, it's echoey in the pool area. Like water's being splashed everywhere. It's coming up, it's landing on my Bible and my notes. And I just slammed my laptop and stormed out of there. And guys, The irony was not lost on me that I'm writing a message about patience and I'm absolutely losing it with my wife and kids. 
I think what broke me was sometime in that evening, Stace just, you know, I have such a gift and a wife. She just caught me in a quiet moment and she said, hey, just so you know, real subtly, real softly, real lovingly, she goes, Jacoby just asked me, why is dad so quick to get angry? And so as I confess this sin to my friends this week, I think for me, what has been most frustrating is that this isn't like a recent sin, guys. This has been the sin that has probably marked my life more than any other sin for 20 years. Like I, I, you would assume that a person would be different by now, but I'm not. I feel like I'm pretty much the same guy I was 20 years ago. And what's worse now is I'm making disciples and not like good ones. I'm making impatient disciples. And so when I see my kids in the household get snappy with each other, or I see them murmur under their breath about something, or I see them like come back at mom real hard, real quick, real snappy. I just get this pit in my stomach because I look at them and I can't even rebuke them because I'm like, I taught them everything they know. And if you're surprised by this, going, man, Cody, I've been around you. I've, I've always thought you were a pretty patient person. One of the things I, I heard recently is that we all have three different lives. We've got our public life, we've got our private life, and we've got our secret life. And if you think I'm patient, it's because I've just shown you the side of you that I want you to see. But sadly, those who are closest to me know what a battle this is. And what Stephen said to me this week was just such a challenge. And I think I needed to hear it. I think we all need to hear it. He said, Cody, who you are at home is who you are. And so publicly you may think one thing about me, but who I am at home is who I am. And I don't wanna be that person anymore. And so as we open up, we begin to talk about patience. I am either the most unqualified person to ever teach on this topic, or maybe the most qualified. Let's just go with qualified. But here's what I'm going to do this morning. I'm not going to try to impress you. I'm not going to try to like get on a platform and teach down to you guys. It's, it's not that. I never want to be that guy anyway. This isn't a message to you. This is just the work that God has been doing in my life for the past nine days. I just want to share with you what I've learned. Can I do that? So if you've got a Bible, flip to Proverbs 16.32. This is going to be our anchor verse for the day. Proverbs 16.32, we should have it on the screen as well. It says this, patience is better than power and controlling one's emotions than capturing a city. In this proverb, there's two, notice that like he's issuing two better than statements. Patience is better than power. Controlling one's emotions is better than capturing a city. Or if I was to put it in question format, it'd be this. Would you rather be in a position of power over others or be marked by the virtue of patience? Which would you rather have, power or patience? Would you rather be a conquering hero who'd go to cities abroad and capture your enemies to the applause of so many people, thousands upon thousands celebrating your success, or be the conquering hero of your own life, conquering hero of one to the applause of maybe one or two people. 
Which would you rather have? What God tells us here in Proverbs 16, 32 is patience is better. But I'll warn you, it's also much more harder. So the big question here is why is patience better? Why is patience better? First thing you need to know, like if, if you wanna understand why patience is better, you must understand how awful impatience is. And I wanna just connect a few words for you. Some of your Bibles, maybe there in 1632, it actually translates the word, not patience, but slow to anger. Connect these phrases and these words together, these virtues and vices. Patience is the same as being slow to anger. Impatience is irritability, it's, it's quick to anger. The original language, like it can go either way there. Jerry Bridges, he wrote a book years ago, maybe some of you have read it before, it's called Respectable Sins. But in that book, he describes irritability and impatience as a respectable sin. And here's what he means. There is a list of sins in our lives that we would never imagine ever sharing those with somebody else. There's no way I'm gonna tell you what I was looking at last night on my phone. There's no way I'm gonna tell you what I did with my buddies in Vegas last month. There's no way I'm telling you that. But then there's this other list of things that we're more comfortable sharing, that if all of a sudden we're in that connection group environment and like people are going around sharing some deep stuff and like we're praying for each other, it's like, man, we're, we're doing the whole like go around the circle, everybody has to share something. What am I gonna share? What am I gonna share? What do I feel comfortable sharing? We pull from that list, something that we'll share, something that we're hoping that everybody else will respond to like, oh yeah, I do that too. Something like, man, this week I lost my cool with my kids. And others go, oh man, I do that too. That's what he means when he's talking about a respectable sin. And what we can do is we take on this mindset, almost like we're the victim, like, hey, I'm, I'm only human. Right, everybody does it, you know, everybody sins in that way. We all, we all do it. And what we do is we minimize this sin and we begin to dismiss it in our lives. When guys, you gotta understand this, there are no respectable sins. Don't open the scriptures and see two lists things you should be embarrassed of and things that's like, ah, it's okay, everybody does it. Especially in this one, Proverbs 29, 11 says, a fool gives full vent to his anger. Sin is sin, it's always serious, especially impatience, and here's why. I'm gonna give you two reasons why impatience is so serious. Number one, impatience is anti-God. You go, whoa, that was a little hard, a little heavy. How do I get that? Hear me out. Dictionary.com defines patience as the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble, or suffering without getting angry or upset. Or if you want my simple version, simple definition of what patience is, patience is the ability to move at someone else's speed. That's patience. Patience is the ability to move at somebody else's speed. So when I get angry, and I get angry that my spouse isn't changing as fast as I would like, or if I get angry that this cancer that I'm getting treatment for is not going into remission as fast as I expected, or when my life plans hit a snag and I hit this massive roadblock and now I can't move forward in anything, I'm growing frustrated about that, who am I ultimately mad at? 
do. Patience is the ability to wait on God's timing. There isn't one aspect of this universe, everything, everything in this universe moves according to God's perfect sovereign plans. And so when all of a sudden something doesn't go the way that I want it to, it's not moving at the speed that I want it to. Patience is the ability to wait on God's timing. And the goal of Proverbs, as we've been walking through this book for months now, the whole goal of Proverbs is to help you understand how God designed the world and then how we're supposed to live under that design. And it's the fool, it's the fool that walks through life and says there's no God. And because there's no God, their lives are marked by impatience, continually moving through, frustrated that things aren't moving. It defines a life, and they might fake it for a while, their patience is out of step with what they truly believe. This whole world is chaotic, meaningless. The fool says there's no God, but for the person who is wise, and Proverbs highlights the difference between these two, the foolish person and the wise person. The wise person, wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord. And because I know that God exists and I know that he's sovereign and I know that he's good and I know that everything moves, it doesn't move any faster or slower than his sovereign hand moves. Because I know that, I can be patient. That's what I mean when I say impatience is anti-God. But not only is impatience anti-God, it's anti-grace. As anger at its core is a judging emotion. And most often our anger is an eruption of this deep conviction that I deserve better. I don't deserve this at least, right? And so if you're the type of person that's easily bothered and frequently annoyed and you're like a tinderbox is just waiting for a spark. If you're the type of person who gives out this air of constant exasperation. And yeah, you might think that you're like holding it together, but those who know you best can hear like the deep sighs in your soul. If you are a bear to be around and people constantly feel like they're walking on eggshells because they don't know when you're gonna snap at them. That attitude in your life, in my life, reflects a complete lack of a grasp on our own evils. Impatience is anti-grace because it fails to pass along the grace you've received in Christ. I love Paul's words to Timothy. Maybe you've heard these before out of 1 Timothy 1. It says this, this saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners and I am the worst of them. That is good news. Because if people like Paul aren't saved, then there's no way people like me get saved. They said, but I received mercy for this reason so that in me, the worst of them, Christ Jesus might display and demonstrate his extraordinary patience as an example to those who would believe in him for eternal life. When you read Paul's letters and you 
observe his life and you begin to marvel at how did this, this man, this, this like first messenger that God called to take his name to the nations, how is it that this guy could be so patient with people that are so slow to move? And then they take a step forward and then they take like three steps back. Like how, how can Paul just continue to persevere and be patient and persistent in loving these people? How is it that he could do that? It's because God's patience toward him was not without effect. Guys, God's patience toward us is not to be without effect. But God's patience is meant to flow through us. And the beautiful thing about God's patience is this is a river that is flowing that never runs dry. And so our impatience is anti-grace because we're supposed to take the grace that we've received and pass it to other people. Anything less of that is wrong. And so a phrase that God impressed into my soul last week as I was grieving my own sin was this. Guys, patience isn't a virtue that we aspire to. It's, it's a marker of genuine faith. And when you come into real life-saving relationship with Christ, we don't sit there and go, oh, I hope to someday be like that grandparent who can play with puzzles on the floor for endless hours and be defined by patience. Now, honestly, it should be a marker of our lives. Patience is better than power and controlling one's emotions than capturing a city. We all wanna be impressive. We all wanna have power. We all wanna rule over something. You wanna rule over something? Start here, start with yourself. That's what he's saying in Proverbs 16, 32. You want to rule over something? Start with yourself. Because what good is it if all of a sudden God gave you power and the ability to lead others and you captured a city and now they're all under your rule? What good is it if God gave you all of that and yet you are an impatient, quick to anger fool who's not only going to embarrass yourself as you try to lead out over others, but you're only going to hurt them in the process. That's why patience is better. That's why that's the starting point. Patience before power. Ability to control one's emotions before leadership. Patience is ultimately about what controls us. He talks about how controlling one's emotions is better than capturing a city. What is it that controls you, that controls your life? Is it your emotions? Is it your passion for control? That's mine. Or is it something else? Church, here's the beautiful thing this morning. This is like, I've just like sat back in this, like a person like sits back in a rocking chair, like so many times over the course of this week. As when it comes to patience, God is on our side and he's not left us to our own devices just going, hey, Cody, you gotta figure this out. This, this in your life needs to get dealt with. I'm gonna leave for a little bit and I'll come back in a few years and check in on you. We're gonna see how this is going. Guys, God doesn't work like that. Here's the beautiful thing. When we hear the message of truth, right? That we were dead in our sins and by nature, we were doing all the things that God hates. When we heard that message of truth, that Jesus, while we were still enemies of his, died for us. That what he did on the cross, he did for me. 
that he lived the life I couldn't live in total perfection. And then he, just, he died the death that I deserved. But Jesus did all of that. He did that for me. And we hear that message of truth and respond. And we place our trust in Jesus and say, yes, what you did on the cross, you did do for me. What happens when we place our trust in Jesus is that we are instantly reconciled with the living God and he puts himself into us through the Holy Spirit. The spirit that we receive is a spirit of adoption by whom we cry out to God, the God of the universe, that's my dad. The spirit that indwells in us, it seals us for a future redemption that my hope is unshakable and secure. And the spirit that God put in us, as we open the scriptures, he teaches us. He gives us eyes to see. He gives us ears to hear when we hear the word taught. The spirit that God puts in us comforts us and affirms us as we walk through life. Continually telling you that keep going that way. Keep going that way. You're onto something. The spirit that God puts in our life, God, the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is the spirit that lives in us. And he's there to change us, to conform us into the image of Christ day by day. The spirit is meant to bear fruit in our lives. Galatians 5 talks about this. The fruit of the spirit is this. It's love. It's joy. It's peace. It's patience it's kindness, it's goodness, it's faithfulness, it's gentleness, it's self-control. And just like an apple seed, when you plant it into the ground, it will produce a fruit tree. Not just any fruit tree, it'll produce the tree that it was designed to produce. Apple seeds produce apple trees. When the Spirit of God is planted into our lives, if left unhindered, the Spirit will bear fruit in us. These things, did you catch it in the list? What was one word that caught your attention, Esther, like all that we've talked about? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. Patience. God is on our side. He hasn't left us to our own devices. So how does an impatient person become patient? I'm just gonna give you three things. This first one you might wanna write down. How does an impatient person become patient? First thing, church, you cannot hate what you don't see in your life. And you won't turn from what you don't hate. And you will not leave behind what you do not turn from. I'll say that again. You cannot hate what you don't see in your life. And you won't turn from what you don't hate and you will not leave behind what you don't turn from. That's the first thing we need to do is we need to see our sin. Do you see the things that we're talking about this morning in you? Do you hate your sin? Not just see it, but like, do you hate it? Do you grieve over it? Have you cried tears over it because you see the pain that it causes other people, but you know that you're not even just offending them, you're offending a holy God, you grieve over it. So you see your sin, you hate your sin. Have you turned from it? Have you sat down with people and confessed your sin? Have you sat before the Lord and confessed to him your wrongdoings, your sin? And have you started to put distance between yourself and that sin by leaving it behind, starting to make positive progress in a different direction? 
You cannot hate what you don't see. You won't turn from what you don't hate and you will not leave what you don't turn from. And sin can be clingy. It can be. I don't know if you've ever heard sin described as that. It can be clingy. Because all of life should be this, of seeing our sin, hating our sin, turning and leaving, even after 20 years when it seems like very little progress has been made. That's the first thing we have to do. If an impatient person wants to become patient. Second thing, spend time with Jesus. And as you spend time in prayer and open God's word and read it, just take note of how Jesus responds to you when you're a little slow. And as you receive these fresh reminders of God's patience, let it flow through you. Let it fuel your own patience. And the third thing is pray for God's spirit who's in you to change you. I think sometimes for people, like prayer can be an intimidating thing. He's like, I don't know what to pray. Guys, the best thing I ever heard on prayer is prayer is simply this. Prayer is asking God to do what he's already promised to do. And so I know that in the scriptures, God promises to be near to the brokenhearted. And so I have a friend who's suffering right now and I've been praying for her. I say, God, you promised to be near to the brokenhearted. Would you be near to my friend? God, you promised that you're gonna make your name great among the nations. And so I'm, I'm praying for you to move according to your promises. And today I wanna pray particularly for the Camor people of India, the 48 million people who don't know you, that people would rise from even our own church here in Cedar Falls, Iowa, and move to another country to take the gospel there. We when we pray, we're just simply asking for God to move according to his promises, to act according to his promises. God, you've promised to change me, to bear fruit in my life by the power of the Spirit. Holy Spirit, would you change me? Would you make me a more patient person? I surrender to you, and I'm not gonna resist you. Those simple things, I believe, help move a person from impatience to patience. But before we end our time together, I just wanna hit a, just a quick misconception about patience and one more beautiful truth, okay? This one's gonna be real practical. This misconception's gonna be real practical. But this is kind of like, particularly for like my tough guys out there. Um, let me just remind you here real quick, guys, patience is not the same as passivity. Patience isn't weakness, it's not being soft. Here's what I mean, let's go back to the definition I gave you about patience. That patience is the ability to move at someone else's speed. It's clear from this definition that patience isn't softness, it's actually restraint, it's control. Like you keep the same end goals. Like I still know where I want this to go. I still know as I'm shepherding my kids, like how I want them to turn out, what I want to see God do in their life. I keep the same goals, but maybe I just go about it in a slightly different way. Because what defines patience is restraint and humble persistence. Kind of the great example in scriptures of patience that scriptures highlights again and again is a farmer. That's like so Iowan right there. Like, can we talk about this? 
But you want to read about this, go to James 5 and just read like how he highlights, like, like, like be a farmer in patience. Here's what he's getting at. Farmers in the room, we got rain last night, so we can actually smile about this a little bit. But like farming is an excruciating occupation because you work the ground and you put the seed in it and you just wait. And what else can you do? You fertilize it and you put some insecticide on it. You just, you wait. And you're praying for some rain to come at some point, but you're in the middle of a drought. So you just, you just wait. And what you're hoping for is that in the end, there'll be an abundant harvest. But what defines the task of farming is restraint and humble persistence. It's patience. Now, how foolish would it be if I was a farmer and I put that seed in the ground and like 20 seconds later, it's like, nothing? What's wrong with you? Must be bad seed. So you just, all right, give me the shovel and you just dig that thing out and flick it out and you throw it into the trash and you put another one in the ground and you just wait 20 seconds. Another bad seed, you know, like how ridiculous would that be? But often when it comes to life, that's what defines our impatience. We're constantly the one that's like seeds in the ground. It's not moving the way I want it to. So we just dig it up and we're just gonna keep trying to keep matters in our own hands. Guys, patience requires restraint, and humble persistence. And so as you're walking through life and trying to embody patience, it's not weakness, it's not softness, it is incredible strength. And it's the ability to even have the wisdom, the wisdom of Proverbs to know, all right, should I rebuke my child here? Is this a moment where I step in and challenge my friend? Or is this one of those times where I like, I've, I've, maybe I've gotten up to the point of like exasperation. I'm like starting to micromanage them. I need to pull back a bit and just wait and be patient and let the Lord do his work. Patience is strength. Now, one last truth about patience. And I think this can be a great motivator. Patience brings life. This is Proverbs 14, verses 29 and 30. It says, a patient person shows great understanding, but a quick-tempered one promotes foolishness. Now connect impatience to foolishness. A tranquil heart is life to the body, but jealousy is rottenness to the bones. Guys, when we are impatient, when we all of a sudden have these outbursts of anger that, that create a scene that now our, our families can see or the people around us in our workplaces can see that doesn't necessarily put Christ in a positive light and we're embarrassed as we walk away and go, gosh, I hate that that like marks my life and now that person thinks that of God because of me. Impatience promotes foolishness, which ultimately brings death to whatever environment we walk into, our household, our workplace, our neighborhood, you name it. But conversely, patience brings life. And not only life in the lives of other people, because patience can be such a ministry. As you walk with somebody patiently, 
you're displaying the gospel to them. You're displaying the heart of God to them. Well, they're not changing at the pace that you wish they were. And you're just, you're kind of upset, but you're just like holding it in. And there's, there's, there's restraint and there's gentle, humble persistence. It's ministry. It brings life to those around you. But not only does patience bring life to those around you, but patience brings life to you. Because now as emotions and anger and control no longer control you, and it's the spirit of God that's controlling you, what you've now done is you've placed yourself firmly in an endless river of grace, not forgetting where you are and and who you are in command of your life under God's leadership. And you have this unshakable trust in God's timing and purposes and ways constantly. That is life to you. God doesn't just long for your holiness, church. He does long for your happiness as well. He longs for life to define who you are through and through. That's why patience matters. Patience isn't just some virtue that we aspire to. It's a marker of genuine faith. And it's something that by me seeing and hating, grieving and turning from, and trusting in the Holy Spirit to change me, I believe he's gonna do that, even after all these years. And church, if you're not patient either, I believe God can change you as well. And I wanna pray toward that end. Will you pray with me? Yeah, Jesus, your work in us to this point has been tremendous. It has been great. I grieve my sin this morning, but I am unshakably confident of who I am in you. And that is because of your finished work for me. Yet God, I do grieve sin in my life that displays work yet to be done. That displays maybe work yet to be done in all of our lives, God. And we put it before you. And God, we're not gonna minimize it anymore. We're not gonna dismiss it. We're not just gonna flippantly share it with connection group people. And they all go, yep, I do too. But God, we're gonna, we're gonna ask for you to change us. That the power of your great name, the work of your spirit would be evident in our lives for your glory. Amen. This has been a message from Candeo Church. To learn more about us or to hear more messages, visit us at candeochurch.com.